Employer and business groups are celebrating the government's move to roll back fair pay agreements. Workplace Relations Minister Brooke Van Velden says the repeal will benefit business and employees. It is hard for people. It really is. It's also really hard for businesses to make ends meet as well. And I always hear from businesses when I'm out in the community uh, saying that they would love to pay their staff more, but every added regulation by this government makes it harder and harder. So yes, we want higher wages, but it's just how we get there that's different from the previous government. 150 protesters from different unions targeted David Seymour's office yesterday in opposition to the decision. Well, for some more on this, we're joined by Retail NZ Chief Executive Carolyn Young. Good morning. Morena. How does getting rid of the fair pay agreements uh, help retail, retail workers, in your view? Well, in our view, the the fair pay agreements were just an added level of legislation that was unnecessary. Employment law is already super complicated and uh, there's lots of um, ways in which employees are protected through the current legislation and we didn't feel that the uh, fair pay agreement legislation was fit for purpose. How uh, how is a worker protected from a situation in an industry where there is a race to the bottom where competing firms... Uh, cut costs by uh, cutting conditions and wages rather than, you know, compete on their products? Well, depending on the the sector, there's lots of um, unions that go out there and support their employees. So firstly, um, being being aware of the legislation, who the supporters that they can go and have. But, you know, majority of, I guess the key thing is that we're not looking at legislation for the lowest common denominator, but we're looking at, we should be looking at legislation that fits the purpose for, you know, 95 um, to 100% of the um, employers and employees in the country. So there's always going to be people that push the boundaries and it's around how those um, employers that are pushing the boundaries are, are managed in, in that in that process and so I think you've got to look at that and that's what the legislation's there for rather than say everybody needs to have um, you know be monitored on a, on a basis that you're going to perform poorly which is not the case. The legislation required what if there was 10% of an industry that's when a fair pay agreement could kick in? Yeah, and, and the um, fair pay agreements, it's, it's really complicated because not everybody's job fits neatly into a box that uh, would be covered by fair pay agreements. They might fit across two or three different sectors because of the, the way the employment um, works in, in different industries. So I think you know, employers are telling us that they feel that they're confident that they've been working in this space for a long time and that they can manage their relationships with their employees and the terms and conditions around which they work. So they're delighted they're going to be able to continue to do that in the way in which they mm. have in the past. I mean, ultimately, it's about the power imbalance, isn't it? I mean, and the, the unions certainly argue it is, and that, that they would argue that this is about vulnerable workers in sectors where there is limited uh, you know, minimum wage type scenarios. Uh, there is a, not, a lack of, of bargaining power, unskilled work in some instances, I'm wondering, retail, there, were, there was some retail fair pay agreements mooted, is that right? There was, there was a move to do some. Uh, certainly there's been discussions in a couple of different areas um, within retail, uh, but nothing has got anywhere close to over the line um, in those discussions. So at this stage it was just initial conversations. So, um, yeah, but there's lots of different areas that cover retail. 
I guess the point is that the unions would argue what what is the protection for vulnerable workers in the retail sector, perhaps young workers or new workers to the sector who don't have skills, don't have um, you know the ability to get those basic conditions, and the fair pay agreement might have offered them that. Well, when um, I've been talking to retail employers, you know, retailers invest heavily in training and development of staff. They're wanting to be able to invest in staff because customer service is uh, utmost important in retail. And so if you're on the shop floor and you enter the business with no um, formal training in that space, businesses will invest in you to ensure that you're able to, you know, to do your job and understand all of the different tasks that are required. Now, that always takes time. And the key thing that businesses want to do is they do want to reward their staff well. This isn't about um, paying lower than the minimum wage or not meeting requirements in the legislation. Um, Employers want to do that. They want to have a good workforce. They want to have a good environment that people want to come and work for them. It's a really competitive employment environment out there at the moment. So, you know, employers and employees want to get the best for everyone and the best is having a happy uh, well-trained uh, uh, work environment. So is it just the flexibility and the bureaucratic element that, that employers don't like? Because I would have thought, wouldn't wouldn't there be some employers that would quite like a fair pay agreement if it sort of levelled the playing field? I certainly haven't spoken to um, any uh, retailers that have said that they were keen on fair pay agreements. Across the board, the, all of the the employers that I've spoken to have said that they were uninterested in fair pay agreements and they did feel that it was a, an additional layer of legislation and complicated negotiation where you know they felt they could do that directly with their employees as, as they've done for many years. And let's not forget that that unions are involved in negotiations with a, within a number of parts of the sector. They're already negotiating with employers. So it's not that the unions aren't going to have an opportunity to negotiate on behalf of their members. The Australians have used this system or a version of it for many years. And, of course, uh, unions would argue that they have a structural uh, higher wage economy partly as a result. Did you, do you accept that? Well, I think Australia, the Australian economy is quite different than the New Zealand economy and the whole structure around how they pay is, is a little bit different. Uh, you know, most of the time they uh, are looking at, at different sectors and the, it's just a different economy. And, and in New Zealand, we're quite small, we're quite agile. Our businesses are often smaller when you're looking at the, um, the union engagement. And so you really have to take into account the environment that we're sitting in and how that works. And, and in this current economic environment, businesses need to be really agile around how they respond to uh, the opportunities in front of them. People are on the edge in terms of survivability right at the moment, and they need to be able to adapt to that and working with their employees around you know, being able to undertake different duties or you know, um, relocate to another staff in the same city. They're all things that they need to be able to talk to their employees about around being able to continue to be, stay open and um, be a viable business. Carolyn, thank you very much for that. Carolyn Young, Retail NZ Chief Executive. Uh, some thoughts there on the government's plan to repeal uh, those fair pay agreements, uh, the fair pay agreements legislation, I should say.